Welcome to the What Matters Most podcast, presented by First United Bank and Trust. That's my bank. Visit us today at mybank.com. Hello and welcome to What Matters Most, a podcast all about finances, community, savings, and security for you, your family, and your business. This podcast is brought to you by the helpful folks at my bank, First United Bank and Trust. I'm your host, Eric Nutter, and in today's episode, What Matters Most is our monthly economic update. And for this discussion, I am thankful to be joined once again remotely today by Brad Bolliard, Portfolio Manager in First United's Wealth Management Department. Brad, good morning. Good morning, Eric. Great to be speaking with you this morning. Yeah, I appreciate you joining me. It is uh, it is December. We're, we're rounding out the year. Uh, are you ready for Are you ready for Christmas? I am, and I... <laughs> I mean, everybody will get a gift. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like it there's may be a, few, a gift card. <laughs> right. It may be a gift card. There's some things coming in the mail. Everything looks like it's coming on time, which last year oh, was a good. big worry. That's good. But um, no, I in our family, we have a lot of birthdays. Mm-hmm. So I'm December also concerned. Of, yes, December oh, birthdays. In boy. fact, today is my sister's birthday. So she listens to this oh, podcast. Right. Happy birthday Happy to Lacey. Birthday. Happy birthday, Lacey. My brothers-in-law was on the 5th, and we're going to celebrate both today. And then my mom's is on the 28th. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. So, December is a very busy month for us and our family. <laughs> I'd say so. My goodness gracious. Well, good luck to you. Uh, I know that in, in my in my world, I think I think we're ready. I think we've gotten everything and nothing is stuck on a boat offshore. So I think we're yeah, I think we're OK for right now. <laughs> so, Brad, to get us started, uh, I know every time you you join, uh, we talk about the positives, the negatives and your conclusions uh, for the month. So why don't you just where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the negatives or the positives? Let's start with the positives okay. and talk about the negatives and then what our current strategies are based on some of the news that's out there. Sure. So let's start off with uh, some of the jobs data that, that's come out. Um, I know last week you probably heard that the U.S. added about 210,000 jobs in November. That was below expectations, 546,000. So that was a big headline. But that makes our uh, positive side because it did mask a lot of positives. Uh, There's gains in manufacturing, construction, transportation, and professional services. Um, it was the retail and virus-like hospitality that were the drag. But um, there was a 4.2% jobless rate that came out with that. Um, improvements in the Black and Hispanic unemployment rate, rising participation. In fact, the participation rate increased uh, for the month to 61.8%, and that's the highest level since March of 2020. Um, A million-plus jump in the separate household survey of employment. Also, payroll gains top 500,000 a third straight month, and that's the jobless claims neared pre-demic averages, and layoffs tally fell to virtually zero. So a lot of good jobs uh, data numbers out there. And uh, initial jobless claims... (coughs) They rose by 28,000 to 220,000 the week ended on November 27th. And right before this podcast, Eric, I actually received um, an updated jobless claims number for the week. And it was 184,000 jobless claims and 220,000 were expected. So still a very good number and still worthy to be on our positive side um, of, our, of our podcast this morning. The four-week moving average was 238,750, a decrease of 12,250 from the previous week. 
This is the lowest level for the average since March 14, 2020, when it was 225,500. So let's look at some of the, you were talking about, you know, some of the shipping being <laughs> out on the ocean and possibly we'll all be out. I, I saw a meme online where maybe we'll all be out in our jet skis doing our Christmas shopping and so on. I haven't <laughs> had to do that <laughs> yet. Yes, yes. It, it's been interesting times. At this point, nothing really surprises me anymore. But um, no, I'll go over some of the uh, manufacturing and, and service numbers, all very positive. Um, ISM and market manufacturing services survey surprised actually on the upside in November. The uh, gauge hit an all-time high on record orders and business activity. October factory orders, X transportation jumped 1.6%, and pending home sales surged 7.5%, which is also um, good news here that I'll speak about when I speak about inflation a little bit, pushing the annual pace of sales to a high for the year. Um, we're looking at peak bottlenecks. November's elevated manufacturing and services readings suggest supply bottlenecks and price pressures are easing. Um, supplier deliveries and price components have leveled off some. Um, and speaking of your shipping containers, satellite pings of container ships in the LA Long Beach ports show the shipping traffic jam there peaked in mid-November with a total deadweight tonnage down 25% by um, last Sunday. So, or over the previous Sunday, I should say. So, 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 so some of those uh, numbers are looking a lot better. Uh, we don't have quite as many ships out there as what we did and things are starting to flow a little bit. Um, I wanna throw out some percentages out there to you in terms of the manufacturing index readings. And just again, to our listeners, please remember that anything you hear above a 50% is uh, growth territory and anything above a 55% is expansion territory. So the manufacturing index rose 61.1% in November, so that's expansion territory. And that was from a 60.8% in October. New orders, 61.5%, same with production, 61.5%. Employment, 53.3%. New export orders, 54%. Backlog orders, 61.9%. So they all remain expansion territory. Uh, respondents continue to indicate demand. Sales and business remain strong. Uh, but supply chain, rising material costs, costs and staffing issues um, persist there some. On the services side, same, same deal. Um, they registered another all-time high of 69.1% in October. That was up from 66.7%. Production, 74.6%. New orders, 69.7%. New export orders, 57.9%. Employment, 565 And back level order, 65.9%. They all report exceptional growth levels of 55%. All 18 of the service industries reported growth in October. So that's a lot of percentages, a lot of numbers, but whenever you hear... <laughs> That we're still in growth territory. It's always a good thing. Um, the Commerce Department announced that third quarter GDP rose at a rate of 2.1%. That was up by one-tenth of a percent from the advanced estimate last month. For this fourth quarter, expectations are, are pretty good. Um, according to the Atlanta Fed's GDP Now forecast, they're looking at fourth quarter growth to be at 8.6%. Hmm. So apparently, Eric, you done a lot of your christmas shopping too and uh so Clearly, I that's know. one of that number yeah yeah I, I think it was you <laughs> and maybe not so much myself but um thank you very much i do my part. so of the, <laughs> of the 495 companies in the s&p that have reported earnings to date for the second 
um, for the third quarter of 2021, 81% have reported earnings above analyst estimates. And this compares to a long-term average of 65.8% and prior four quarter average of 84.7%. So earnings growth remains strong at a 42.6% year over year with 17% year over year revenue growth. So really, so really strong stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the, some of the numbers, um, some of the data that you look at, um, looking pretty good. I mean, there is still a lot of negative headlines out of there, yeah. out there. So that's what we're going to move on to. Okay. Um, which starting off, we'll talk about, you know, the one that you've seen the most and that's the path of COVID. Um, COVID-19 virus remains the most important driver of economic growth into 2022. Uh, key in- information will continue to unfold on the new Omicron variant including its transmissibility, its virulence and ability to evade current protection measures, you know, vaccines, treatments, exposure to prior infections, and so on. Um, Details on these these issues will largely dictate uh, policy response. The variant has been detected in key economic regions, and that's, of course, including the U.S. and Europe. Uh, But so far, economic restrictions have been mostly limited to tightened travel rules. And if the risk of severe disease remains low, there is seemingly little political will to return to early pandemic protection measures. Um, lower vaccinated areas remain most at risk of economic headwinds for now. Um, looking at equ- equity valuations, they have come down over the course of 2021 due to stronger than expected earnings growth. Valuations remain a concern though. Um, if strong earnings c- growth can continue, this will be no problem, but if higher levels of inflation supply chain issues SAP earnings momentum markets could be vulnerable. Overall, higher levels of volatility um, should be expected. Chinese real estate, I'm sure you saw some of the news that came out there a few weeks ago. They increased, um, uh, they're having, of course, real estate market issues, increased Chinese government regulatory scrutiny, and China's zero COVID policy. They continue to hamper uh, one of the main uh, globe's growth engines. And Finally, on the negative side, current inflation prints, uh, they remain elevated. U.S. core PCE at 4.1%, no longer-term inflation expectations remained anchored. Five-year break-even at 2.8%, for example, and that's down from 3.2% peak on November 16th. Corporate profit margins have increased throughout the past year's inflationary pressures thanks to pricing power and inefficiencies. And the question becomes, can this continue to 2022? When looking at peak inflation, there has been a slowdown in home prices, which affects CPI with a six-month lag, and that began in September and carried over to October. So this suggests this influential component should begin to normalize in the spring, just as year-over-year CPI-based effects begin moderating too. Hmm. So just to kind of summarize everything, now that we've went over our positives and our negatives, um, on the stock market side, the stock market sailed into Thanksgiving basically with a complacency of someone sitting on the couch in a fog. <laughs> <laughs> and a broadly advancing market, and with stocks up 2% in November, long-term and medium-term measures of market breadth remain supportive of higher stock prices. And then the news of the coronavirus variant knocked the market off its pens, as you saw. It remains to be seen if the arrival of the new variant impacts the market to year-end or becomes just another vaguely remembered sell-off that proved to be a buy-dip opportunity, which we've, we took some of that. 
Uh, December is usually a good market month and even better if returns through November are strong. Calendar 2022 brings a set of challenges, both familiar and new, including stubborn inflation, the supply chain mess, and what is likely to be a very uncivil midterm election season. Our outlook for the market remains positive, even as we anticipate an interesting 2022 uh, for stocks. So looking on the fixed income side, in summary, the yield curve, it has flattened some. I, I believe it's bowed a little bit in that seven to 10-year period. But in general, it is still uh, positive, though it's a little flatter than before. So credit spreads have widened on the, um, on the Omnicar news and the PAL pivot that we've had. Cyclical sectors sold off some. Some index is nearing levels that suggest stabilization, though, but um, a fading of variant fares could shift attention back to a strong economy there, helping cyclicals and small caps catch a bid there in, in, for the month of November. In November, the Fed made its long-awaited taper announcement. Um, however, its scope was limited. Asset purchases would be curtailed by $15 billion per month uh, last month in December. This month, and with no indication of the pace that would be followed thereafter. So, Fed will continue to taper some. Um, you know, we feel that maybe they're being a little uh, retroactive rather than proactive, given that we are already starting to see some of the inflation conditions. But, um, but uh, you know, I think I think it's definitely the right direction to go for now we can be sure that um this will be a leading topic of discussion i'm sure in their december 14th to 15th meeting um and our expectation is that the fed doubles the taper amount reducing purchases by 30 billion per month uh, the market's concern here is the fed's long history of a reaction to inflation uh, but of course with a twist this time given that they might look a little reactive instead of proactive inflation you know again we've already seen that whether you went to get gas or or just uh travel expenses and and or even food prices and so on and every everybody seems to be you know it's, it's affecting everybody's uh way of life really right but uh in general the worry is the same though that the fed may raise rates too aggressively but that's a worry for another day as last week's reports again added evidence to the economy uh, is humming, and of course the latest GDP forecast, as I said, for the fourth quarter, uh, currently running at uh, 8.6 growth. So, based on all this information, our positives or negatives, and in, in the summary of uh, the equity and fixed income market, uh, we are mostly underweight cash, mostly underweight fixed income, focused on quality, not purchasing anything than less than. A uh, investment grade or less than actually a Moody BAA1 SP Triple B, B plus investment grade rating. We are selective on taxable and tax free muties, focusing on 10 plus years maturity, neutral to mostly overweight high yield. Default risk has lessened an asset class, making minor additions, main exposure of floating rate due to expected rising rate environment. Uh, some judicious use of preferreds, we go about 2% of portfolios there. Equities, we are overweight. Uh, we prefer healthcare industrials and and other consumer staples over consumer staples in real estate. We have a 10 to 15 percent of of stocks target in the small to mid cap area, and that's the same with international. Also, our use of alternatives at a three to five percent target of stocks, and that's focused on inflation head strategies. Um, given our discussion on inflation, global infrastructure, 
global real estate commodities and real assets. So that's a lot of information for you. A lot of numbers. Hopefully it uh, leads you, you know, down a road of, of confidence for now. You know, we are seeing some geopolitical issues that we'll start talking about maybe next month. You know, some of the worry with uh, China and Taiwan and and uh, Israel and Iran. And, and now, most recently, you saw Biden speaking uh, with Russia, um, Putin, about the uh, Ukraine and Russia deal, how they're possibly setting up 175,000 troops there. So, you know, all this geopolitical tensions, um, you know, we'll continue to monitor those in the news also and and uh, see where that leads us to in, in terms of our international exposure and so on. Gotcha. Well, Brad, uh, thank you for joining me today and and providing this uh, this insight as always for our customers. If if any of our listeners have a question or want to learn more, what's the best way they can get the support they need? Yeah, you can go to mybank.com and go to our wealth management section and for some of the contact information that's there. Um, of course, we can set you up with an appointment if you call our call center and um, they'll set you up with an appointment with one of our wealth management officers. And um, so it's always happy to talk to everybody. And actually in the next few months, I believe some of the lobbies that haven't opened yet should be opening also. So keep your ear open for that, but um, always able to take anybody by appointment and uh, always here for you. Thank you very much. Excellent. Brad Ball, your portfolio manager in First United's Wealth Management Department. Thanks again. I appreciate you. Thank you. That brings us to the end of our show. You can always find more episodes by visiting mybank.com slash podcast, or you can find us on your favorite podcast app. You can also always leave feedback, ask questions, or request a topic for us to discuss by sending an email to podcast at mybank.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next time with more helpful content. But until then, we wish you the best in focusing on what matters most to you. First United, my bank for life. This document is a general communication being provided for informational purposes only. It is educational in nature and not designed to be taken as advice or a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, feature, or other purpose in any jurisdiction, nor is it a commitment from First United Bank and Trust or any of its subsidiaries to participate in any of the transactions mentioned herein. Any examples are generic, hypothetical, and for illustration purposes only. This material does not contain sufficient information to support an investment decision and should not be relied upon in evaluating the merits of investing in any securities or products. In addition, users should make independent assessment of the legal, regulatory, credit, and accounting implications and determine together with their own professional advisors if any investment mentioned herein is believed to be suitable to their personal goals. Investors should ensure that they obtain all available relevant information before making any investment. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, or investment techniques and strategies set out are for information purposes only based on certain assumptions and current market conditions and are subject to change without prior notice. All information presented herein is considered to be accurate at the time of production, but no warranty of accuracy is given and no liability in respect of any error or omission is accepted. It should be noted that investment involves risks, 
the value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate in accordance with market conditions and taxation agreements, and investors may not get back the full amount invested. Both past performance and yields are not reliable indicators of current and future results.